Georgia Virtue presents the Let Me Tell You Why You're Wrong podcast. This is episode 268. This week, we have the border debacle, doing the economic slide, shove the invite up your West Wing, the death of cable news, Heil Garcia, dishwashers are next, can't talk today, ejected by popular vote, who has rights, one Georgia county hates dogs, a call for a special session, and the Trump bomb on CNN. I'm Dave Roberts. With me is my partner's endeavor, the man, the myth, the legend, Ken Pullen. Hey, good afternoon, Dave. How are you? Doing good. This is the uh, happy hour edition. We're recording on Friday afternoon. It is, but I have no drink, so I, I forgot to get to the store first. I, I, I was about to say, I, thanks for screwing up the illusion. I say Ken's been doing Jaeger bombs since noon. Hey, apologies, but I was going to say, speaking of happy hours, I was in New York this week, and we went to dinner at a restaurant in Times Square, which was a terrible choice. You never get to a restaurant in Times Square. And a waiter came up to us, and he was a Chinese fella. And we asked, you know, I ordered a Coors Light, I think, and he looked at us, and he said, I know you guys do not want Bud Light. So this Bud Light, and we all started laughing. So this Bud Light story has still not gone away. Like they, no one is selling Bud Light at the moment, not even in Times Square in New York City. You ordered a Coors Light? <laughs> Another poor choice, right? Dinner in Times Square was the first. Coors Light in Times Square was the second. I mean, look, I know people who use that as redneck Gatorade. You know, you're out cutting the grass, you fire down, you know, four or five Coors Lights is like, like drinking Gatorade. Yeah, I think I'd already had two or three IPAs, so I, you know, I've got to watch my figure a little bit. <laughs> you also don't want to be falling down in, into the piss-soaked gutters of New York City. No, it was nasty. I mean, I love New York, but it was a little warm this year, or this week. It was, uh, people were everywhere, on the streets. I saw quite a few needles laying around. I mean, it's just, it's such a great city to just be sort of, Nasty, especially on the side streets, trash everywhere. Well, apparently, San Francisco is the same city. way. San Francisco yeah, is a great city. Yeah, it is a good trip, but, anyway. Yeah, that's good. So, <clears throat> federal judge blocks Biden's plan on Title Forty Two minutes before, or I guess hours before it ended. Yeah, that was the big story this week, right? And Title 42 was first imposed during the Trump administration, which uh, permitted the more rapid expulsion of migrants during a public health emergency. So I think what prompted this is the COVID-19 pandemic and public health emergency ended yesterday, or at the time of release ended the previous Thursday. So this Title 42 was ending, which wouldn't allow migrants to be rapidly sent back home. Title 42 should have never happened anyway, but it should have ended fairly quickly. Now, look, we don't need a reason to expel expel illegal immigrants. No, I'm amazed at the public health emergency. I was shocked that it just had ended this week. I mean, we've been out of COVID for, it feels like, two years now, and we've still been up under this public health emergency order. Uh, but you're right, it should have never been, it should have never been enacted at the federal government level anyway. Yeah, and the judge has said they cannot just release uh, immigrants 
without without paperwork. Yeah, that's the plan. So leading up to this, I've I've been watching these for months now, and you know every all the all the news channels were asking the Biden administration, what's the plan for when Title Forty Two ends? What's the plan? And this has been building up for six months now, and the plan was basically nothing. Just uh, release everybody that comes to the border without a court date, send them on their way. And I saw today also give them a cell phone. So, it, I mean, it just continues this Biden debacle of a presidency, in my opinion. Yeah, <clears throat> look, securing the border is not that hard. It's, it's, it's really not. It's the, you, you can do it humanely. And I think the wall was the most humane way to do it. You can also do it with an A-10 or a Predator drone. And, yeah, and, yeah, it's just incentives, right? I mean, if you're going to come to the border and you know you're going to be let in and, and given a cell phone and somewhere to go, you're going to continue doing it. It's like the uh, out in San Francisco we were talking about where people are just coming in, stealing from Walgreens and CVSs and Walmarts and Targets. And, you know, if there's never any repercussions of doing that people are going to continue doing that behavior and look the 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 surge in in immigrants that we've seen last month hell the last year or two has has been insane yeah they were what arresting over ten thousand arrests a day this week and they said that would go up to fifteen thousand dollars or fifteen thousand a day after this uh title 42 was lifted so you're talking about 15,000 illegal aliens coming across the border a day being arrested. That doesn't count for the ones that aren't getting caught. Yeah, just getting away. <clears throat> yeah, look, it's it's. I don't blame the folks for wanting to come here. I, I don't. And and look, we need people who are willing to work. We really do. Uh, I saw a story on Portland, Maine, with your Gary for their their uh, uh, tourist season. And they can't find the people to work. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we do need workers. Yep. But the, the easiest, easiest way to do it is get rid of, get rid of free health care. Get rid of any sort of rental assistance. Get rid of these, these, these $1,500 a night hotel rooms in New York that the migrants are being stored in. <laughs> get rid of it. <clears throat> and yeah, get, much get, like- Get rid of like, the incentives. Yeah, much like your ancestors, my ancestors, you show up here with nothing. Now make something of yourself. <clears throat> and look, it, it, it was a struggle for for a lot of people who who came across, who came through Ellis Island. But that's <clears throat> you know that, that's their their success story. The family, or if they didn't make it, I guess there is no story because the family's gone. Yep. But if that's if 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 hardworking people want to come and work hard. There ought to be an opportunity for them to do that, but there's no handouts. <clears throat> I agree. Uh, we've gone crazy with the handouts at all at all levels of government. I mean, that's that, that's local, state, and federal are just continuing with the handouts. Speaking of, <clears throat> the recession's coming thanks to all the handouts. <laughs> yeah, I thought this was an interesting story. So Georgia reports uh, this is a Georgia government story. That's how it sort of really started off, but. And it looks like the overall collections from a state level dropped by 16% from April 2022. So the government reports every month says, uh, you know, how are tax collections coming? And they're actually down 16% from last year at the same time. 
And what that means is it's a total of almost a billion dollars in, I would, I hate to say lost tax revenue, but just tax revenue that did not come in in uh, April of 2023. Yeah, dro- <clears throat> drop off in, in the, uh, in the revenue. Absolutely. Yep. The, Which, if we went to a consumption tax, I don't think you'd see this drop off. Yeah, I don't think you would either. Uh, I mean, the biggest key they said to this drop off was the state income tax collections or individual, actually, income tax collections. Business tax selections were still up, but I'm like you. I, li- I love a consumption-based tax, and it applies to the story we we're just talking about. So even if people do come over illegally, they're still purchasing goods, still buying things. I'm buying stuff. You are, and, yeah, and you, we're all contributing to the tax base. We have the. Is it still the busiest airport in the world? Yeah, it is, and everybody comes to that airport is purchasing how, goods. How many right? people go in there and yeah, buy a snack, buy a coke, yep. buy a couple beers. If you hit all that with a, with a consumption tax, you're taxing people not just citizens of Georgia, but people just passing through. Yep. I mean, yeah, and there's a lot. I mean, there's always a lot of talk about getting rid of the state yeah. income tax. It just cannot get to the finish line. There's always talk. Yeah, there's been a lot of talk for years, but and it's gone down. I mean, to be fair, the the uh, legislators in Georgia have lowered it from six percent to five and a half. I think is what it's at now. So we have gone down a little bit. But well, tell them to pull their suit pants down so I can be sure to kiss their asses. <laughs> it went down half a percent. Get half rid of Half a percent. So uh, on a $100,000 income, you what, what would you say there? $500 a day? Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> when you could go over to... to cons- the problem with consumption tax is the old people hate it. The retirees hate it. Yeah, they do. But at least and- you get to choose where you spend your money. That's, that's the good thing, right? I can choose not to consume if I want to or choose where to consume. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and it encourages savings, which overall is good for the strength of the people. Yes, hundred percent. It definitely does. You know, if you look back, so we, uh, we had a $6.6 billion surplus in state government last year. So Georgia is in a good place. If we do have a recession on the horizon, which a lot of people, are predicting, you know, later this year through mid-year of 2024, that Georgia's got a full rainy day fund and they were able to, you know, replenish that over the last year with all the money that did come in. Well, tightening of the of the interest rates. I heard a theory that they, they may come down a quarter to a half percent in September. Okay. Uh, I think I think the Fed's feeling the pressure from the Biden administration that they cannot have a recession hit mid twenty four. I know that's what I was thinking earlier. Is this is not good for a, for a, a you know a president's in office if the recession's during the middle of a reelection campaign? It also I mean, leads look, to war. It does, but I mean, look, we had a zero percent interest. At, what for ten years, Dave? Two thousand when did it start? A little after two thousand seven. Yeah, yeah, damn so near. We, yeah, we had it 10, 12 years, 0%. For them not to raise, I mean, they could have raised the interest rate a quarter of a point for the last 10 years and we'd have been in the same spot and it would have caused a lot less pain for for consumers. And it's going to, I mean, this is going to significantly affect the housing market. I don't think numbers have come out yet, but who wants to sell their house at 2.7% and go buy a new house at 7%? It, I, I sure don't. I'm not going to. <laughs> yeah, me either. Not at this point. Oh, I think I told the story about a friend of mine, Buzz, who had his truck stolen at the airport. 
And uh, it was a very nice RAM. It was the one of the top level RAM, whatever, whatever it's called. And the reason they stole it is because apparently they're very easy to remote start. Okay. If you if you have a scanner. So he he buys the truck a couple of years ago at zero percent and twenty thousand dollars less than they're selling for now. So he you you get the you get the insurance settlement for what your truck is worth. Now the truck right. costs twenty thousand more, and the interest rate is tripled. Jeez. Yeah, I don't know what new car loans are now, but I haven't seen any zero percent interest advertisements going on lately. I would imagine uh, car loans are what five to ten percent now. Yeah, if if they're if they're being genuine with you, you right. can get zero percent. They just increase the price of the vehicle. <laughs> yes, floor I mean, mats cost a little bit more that they put in. Right, it's the it's the squeezing the balloon theory. <laughs> you know, as you squeeze on one area of the balloon, the air just goes to the other. It, it's going to be yes. the same. That's exactly what it is. So it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me. This, however, does keep your White House invite. Yeah, this is funny. This is University of Georgia has won a national championship two years in a row now, and they didn't get invited last year to the White House. They said it was due to COVID restrictions, but they did get an invite for this year on June 12th, and uh, the Bulldogs have said no to the invite. Yeah, they, they have they have things going on in June. Yeah, they yes. said it was uh, student-athlete calendar was the conflict. Uh, you know, I think Bulldog fans are saying they don't want to go because of Biden. So this is uh, really playing into the Georgia Bulldog base, which I would assume is very conservative Republican in Georgia. I don't think so. I, oh, you don't? I don't, I, I don't think so. I, the, the, the sports thing, is, it transcends uh, uh, politics. So you think it's it, more, you think it's more like national I, politics, more 50 Yeah, well, I think one, it's, it was disrespectful not to invite them directly after the national championship game. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, they could have uh, done this back in January or February, and it could have been a, a simple phone call made to the the AD, the athletic director, and ask ask what date will work for you. Instead of saying come come June twelfth, like schools have very very strict schedules that they have to keep with the student athletes. So you can't just you can't just shuffle things around like uh, I think you can't and maybe in the NFL just shuffle things around change OTAs from from one week to the other, but when when they have very strict schedules on what they are supposed to be doing, I don't think this is Kirby Smart thumbing his nose at, at the president at all. Uh, it's it's one of those things where if you get if you get the honor to go, you go, but if they I don't know if the White House is just is just kind of. Just throwing a bone, like, oh, we know you can't come this date. Sort of like, yeah. So we're going to invite you. Yeah, sort yeah, of like inviting be, yeah. somebody to a wedding on Wednesday afternoon at two o'clock. <laughs> like you're invited, has, but you know, no one's going to come. I agree. But this has stirred up some controversy. There's articles on CNN that the president needs to stop inviting national championship teams to the White House. It's past its point. Uh, so this has really stirred up a lot of discussions around should this practice of you know inviting college football teams or college, any, any type of team. So the white house should we continue doing that? I, I, I think that's absurd. <laughs> Look, it's, it's an honor. It's an honor to be invited to the white house. It if is. you get an invite and, and, and Biden's there, you just go up there, wait for him to shake hands with three ghosts and shake his hand and say, uh, nice to meet you, sir. And you move on and move on with your day. Yep. I mean, it's an honor to be invited. 
I, and that's, that's why I don't I, I don't think this was this was really a snub at Biden or his policies or anything else. It was uh, we really don't have time, and and maybe it was a little bit of you snubbed us last year. Yeah, it could have been some hard feelings from last year. Uh, and they said it was because of COVID last year. COVID was damn over last yeah, year. Yeah, COVID was done in May of 2022. So that was ridiculous that they didn't get last year. And almost all student athletes were required to get the shot that, that – and Biden has already had his shot, and I think he's already had COVID once. Oh, aren't you protected? Yeah, I think he's had like six shots at this point, maybe seven. I don't. I, are we still doing the boosters for COVID? I, I, I've lost I, track of I, I don't know. I, I haven't paid attention. <laughs> you haven't got I your mean, booster lately, Dave? No. <laughs> no. If I was traveling out of the country, I would have gotten the shot to begin with. <laughs> the only reason I got it is it makes getting back in the country much, much easier. At the time, made it made it much, much easier to get back in the country. So speaking of that, can you come into the country now since the public health emergency has been lifted if you're a foreign national? Because I know like I, I don't uh, know what that the tennis player. Yeah, the tennis player couldn't play in the last two US Opens because he was not vaccinated. He wasn't just a tennis player, he was the top rated player in the world. Yeah, number one rated player in the world couldn't play in the US Open for a couple of years straight because he said I'm not being vaccinated. Yes, yeah, right. so I would imagine that's lifted at this point also. Well, one of the other things that the COVID killed, cable news. Yeah, cable news is done. So Fox booted Tucker Carlson. And he had he has several years left on his contract. He does, which is part of the controversy of this, because they're saying how can you know can he do I'll let you tell the storyline, but can he do what he's uh, planning on doing? Yeah, so, well, he has he announced, and he came out on his Twitter afterwards and and said said what happened. He announced that he and Twitter are are I don't know about a partnership, but he's going to start broadcasting on Twitter. And I'm willing to bet his contract prohibits him from going to another media company. Yeah, that's what I'm reading too. It's uh, but the war. I mean, you know, what I'm reading too is it'd be silly of Fox News to sue. Tucker Carlson, because the, the people that support Tucker are still watching Fox from time to time. So they would just alienate more of their base fans if they came out and sued them. So I, I assume Tucker's going to launch this new show on Twitter and Fox is just going to sit back and pout about it. What, what Fox News should do is let Tucker do whatever he's going to do on Twitter and carry on with your business. Because this will all settle down. Most most people who are Fox consumers are not going to sit and watch on their laptops or their phones. I don't think so either. I mean, I even, you know, the main, in the main shows, you know, you can do your show on YouTube, but YouTube's demonetizing a lot of guys like Tucker Carlson. They're, they demonetized Matt Walsh a while back. And these people that are either being demonetized or leaving cable channels are going over to Twitter now because they think it's a more accepting environment for their platforms and it's more of a free speech type environment. So that's why that's what's prompting this. But I'm with you. If you're a, look, if you're my mom, she's 70, almost 73 years old. I don't think she's pulling up her phone to watch Tucker at night uh, on her phone. I think she'd rather cut the local TV channel on. Well, and, and the, the problem with uh, demonetizing YouTube is 
my smart TV has a YouTube app in it. Mm-hmm. That is true. So if, if I wanted to, if, if I was a big Tucker fan, which I'm not really, um, <clears throat> I don't mind him personally. I just, just his, his shtick is not really my thing, but I could go onto YouTube and click, uh, click down uh, and, and subscribe to Tucker Carlson and play that every night if I want to, just like watching it at eight o'clock on Fox News. But yeah, Twitter, I don't think Twitter that. has that yet. No, I have to look and see if Twitter has that. Uh, you know, but it just shows there's a lot of content now moving off of cable and it's moving to these, I hate to say YouTube's an alternate type channel. I mean, it's really not. Uh, you know, but what I heard, it's kind of interesting with the YouTube stuff because, you know, you can have stars on YouTube that are making millions of dollars that me and you have never heard of. And it's probably the same with Twitter. There's people on Twitter that have millions of followers that I've never heard of. If you've got a cable show, most everybody's heard of you. Everybody's heard of Sean Hannity, Anderson Cooper, you know, people like that. But there, there are people making lots of money on YouTube and these other platforms without being really well known outside of their base, you know, support. Yeah, mommy blogs, and a lot of stupid stuff. A lot of people making tons of money on on TikTok. Yeah, I'm just jealous. I've never found a stupid way to make millions of dollars on on YouTube and TikTok. No, no, you found a stupid way to lose millions of dollars without having kids. <laughs> yeah, you should have a little TikTok channel for your uh, your business. That would be awesome. What, what the hell is anybody would care about air conditioning until it doesn't work? No, you can make air conditioning fun, Dave. Do that. Make air conditioning. I can make fun, air conditioning Dave. fun. That's what I'm, that's what I want to do in my spare time when I do in my full time. <laughs> but no, it's it. I, I really do think it's 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 it is one more nail in the coffin of traditional cable news. Uh, when when cable news first came out, it was essentially on loop. It was CNN was the first worldwide twenty four hour news network. It was on a loop, very little opinion, uh, very little editorializing, and you would sit down and sort of like watching Sports Center. If you ever uh, have Sports Center on and they they do the same thing over and over and over again, oh, it was every thirty minutes or so. It was the same same program. Yeah, it's the same thing. So you, so you could sit down and watch 30 minutes of CNN, find out what's going on in the world, and move on. And now it's it's so much so much opinion is in there that it's you get if you tune into Hannity, you get it starts off with five minutes of of news, and then say okay, we're turning it over to to Hannity. You get through 30 minutes of that. Halfway through, the news person comes in from the newsroom and says, "This is what's going on." And it's more 30 minutes of opinion. And we get hours and hours of that. So it's it's it is it it's a mixture of Jerry Springer and Edward R. Murrow. <laughs> right. I, look, I don't watch cable news any longer. I I'm a Netflix guy. I, I'm a little bit. I watch a little bit of YouTube, but Pornhub. <laughs> no, none of that. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I've, I've left cable. I mean, I still got it. I'll watch a little bit of it on Sunday mornings. Potentially, I like the Georgia, what is that, the Georgia gang on at 8.30 in the mornings, and I watch some of the Sunday morning shows, but I do not sit down and ever watch cable news at night. Oh, I like Kennedy. Yeah, you always uh, like her. I, I've not got into watching Kennedy yet, but I, I know she's got some good people on her show. She does, and she's quirky, and 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 fun and and even if I don't watch the whole show at 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 seven fifty I'll turn it over to Kennedy and catch the topical storm and it's just 
four <clears throat> or five silly stories that that she that she that she does at the at the end of the show. All right, I'm gonna have to do that tonight. But even though I'm watching but, Better Call Saul uh, now, not, I don't know if you not on Fridays. It's it's Monday, Monday through Thursday. Monday through Thursday. Okay. Yeah. But what I have in, to do I've is a new show. I have to I have to turn off. I have to switch from the Braves game over to Kennedy for for ten minutes to to watch the topical storm to go back to the Braves game. So the Hispanic mass shooter, Marcio Garcia, is a neo-Nazi? How does that work? Yeah, I have no clue. So the, this alleged mass shooter out of Texas, uh, he died after having a confrontation with the police. Uh, almost instantly, Dave, I don't know how this happened. You know, eight people were killed, seven others were injured. But they labeled him a neo-Nazi right away. So a Hispanic guy, they said he had white supremacist ties. We went from talking about weapons and race to he's a neo-Nazi. So it was amazing how quickly the media got to that conclusion. Yeah, we were talking before the show about George Zimmerman, how they tried to hang him on being a white supremacist. Like, no, actually, he's he's Hispanic. Well, he's white Hispanic, and he hates yes. black people. Well, actually, well, he used to, he, yeah, he used to yeah, date used a to black say girl that. in high school. Yeah. yeah, they used to say he was a white Hispanic. I, I still remember that. So they, yeah, they, they keep shifting this narrative, but either way, he's he's so he somehow he hates people of color. Yeah, I'm just amazed at the media narrative. I know we've talked about this before, but look, black on black crime, nobody cares if there's shootings. Uh, black on white crime is the gun's fault, and white on black crime, every white person is a is a racist. And and then I guess when Hispanic guy shoots some people. They time instantly to being a neo-Nazi and a, a right-wing, you know, right-wing guy. So it's just comical how the media rushed to this every single time. You know, Tennessee shooting, we still have not released, you know, the Tennessee shooting with the, the transgender uh, guy, if I'm saying this right. They still don't know a motive behind that shooting. They still have not released a manifesto that uh, was written up there, but, for some reason, two hours after this guy shoots up people, we know he's a neo-Nazi. It just, I don't buy well, any of it. What That's about why the shooting at Atlanta Medical Center? Right. I mean, that that disappeared quick. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah, I mean, the shooting over in uh, Dadeville, Alabama, that lasted about 18 seconds on the news. You know, my Democrat friends that I hang out with on, and follow on Twitter, you know, it's amazing how they pick and choose the, the shooting incidents that they tweet about. And, like, I know we're going to mention Senator Josh McLaurin later on, but Josh will fire up a tweet in a second if it's some type of white-on-black crime and all these others he just totally ignores. So, you know, let's, let's be a little bit more consistent with, with, you know, how the outrage that we show towards these type of events. Well, it used to be a joke that comedians would tell. And it was uh, – uh, uh, if a black comedian is like, every time I see a shooting, I'm like, please don't be a black guy. Please don't. White guy. Yes. <laughs> You'd hear the same thing from a Jewish comedian. Don't be a Jew. Don't be a Jew. Yes. Oh, yes. Anybody but us. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it used to be a joke, but but now it, it really is. You hear about the shooting in Atlanta Medical Center and everybody's like, oh, no. Please don't be a white guy. Please don't be an AR-15. Right. Black guy with a pistol. Gone. Nobody yep, cares. Yeah. I mean, the minute, the this- minute he was arrested, it was over with. Yeah, all the inner city violence that we've uh, that we've gotten, nobody cares. Uh, but, so it's just but, getting but, really. But let a let a marine veteran choke somebody out on, on a subway after being threatened. 
Yeah, and they've and made they've he, made that kid into the next or guy, wasn't a kid into the next uh, George Floyd, right? I mean, they're saying you know protesting. Yeah. I saw protesters in New York uh, on the subway this week uh, protesting that that occurred, and they're slapping him with manslaughter, and that's that's uh, uh, Alvin um, Alvin Bragg. Yeah, Alvin Bragg. Yes. And, and how many people died on subways last year in New York that we never heard about? And in this case, a career criminal has issues with the law, severely mentally challenged, uh, had pushed. I saw where he pushed an older lady into a subway. She almost died one time. So this is not, this is not a good guy, right? He's a terrible guy. But they well, are making him into a martyr up there. We don't judge uh, a, a suspect's actions based on based on uh, how much we dislike the victim, but this guy was no victim. Right. This guy was looking for trouble. And he, fa- he found somebody. Uh, you heard the term F around and find out? Mm-hmm. That's what well, I he think. found out. And look, I, I, it, I, under no circumstances do I think this, this guy, the, the, the veteran, intended to kill the guy. He put him in a chokehold to put him to sleep. And it hasn't even been long enough for the talk screen to come back. So I didn't realize he has been charged with manslaughter this week. Did I miss yes. that? Yes. Uh, today, as we record today. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that. Well, you, you've been traveling for a week. I know. That's terrible, though. So I wonder if he's in New York and RSC's already left the state and he has to get back and turn himself in. Uh, that I don't know. I didn't get details. But I just I saw, I saw it come across the crawler. So... War on dishwashers now. <laughs> yeah, we've Jesus. moved on from gas stoves, right? Now we're on to uh, dishwashers. All right. Anybody who's bought an appliance in the last 10 years knows the, the newer they get, the worse they work. Yeah. I mean, look, the first thing is this is coming from the Department of Energy, which should be abolished right yesterday. And if I remember right, this is the one agency, too, that who was the old governor from Texas that he forgot, you know, when he said he wanted to abolish the three agencies if he was elected president? I think he said the IRS, Department of Education, and then he forgot the Department oh, of Rick Energy. Oh, Rick Perry? Yeah, Rick Perry. So, yeah, this is new regulations coming out of the Department of Energy, which has proposed a sweeping set of really efficiency standards for electric motors, vending machines, dishwashers. Look, this is supposed to save people $652 million in utility bills every year. Everything I read says this is going to cost taxpayers or citizens a lot more than it'll save us. No, I mean, you know how much time we spend hand washing stuff before putting the dishwasher because the brand new dishwasher <laughs> right. doesn't do as well. Uh, yeah. Look, I don't care about water conservation. I, I I don't unless we're in a drought. Yep. People don't don't understand water. Uh, there was a Colgate commercial that, that showed a guy running the water where he was brushing his teeth. And then you see these little hands go under it. And it's like some Peruvian villager reaching for water and they don't have any water, but this person's wasting it. Like at no point in the water cycle does what goes down my sink end up in Peru. Right. <laughs> what goes down my sink comes out of, comes out, well, now it comes out, out, of, out of our Richland Reservoir and goes into my, into the faucet, into the, into the sink into my uh, septic tank and then is leached up through the ground as pure water again and yep. evaporates back into, the, we do not destroy water. We use it. No, it's just a cycle. Yeah. So, I, and look, this is, I mean, your goal is to combat the climate crisis. How do we measure these uh, proposals they're putting in 
and and see if they're actually because look, I'm a real technical, literal type guy. If you can tell me it's going to combat, I want to see how it's combating. All right, how many years is this going to take if I get one of these new energy efficient dishwashers that now cost me a lot more money? Combat but, does not mean you win. Yeah, this is just silly. But I mean, seriously, Department of Energy, and this is one of the things if I was a Republican running for president, again, this needs to be abolished, right? Come out with a plan for how do you reduce government. Trump's not talking about it. DeSantis, I don't know if there's a Republican out there that's actually talking about like just Robert getting Schwani. rid of these. Yeah, yeah, he's the only one, but like get rid of these agencies. That's a winning message to the American public right now. We're going to do away with the Department of Education. We're going to do away with the Department of Energy. It may not even be IRS. It may not even be an issue by 2024 once SCOTUS <coughs> gets done with that with that fishing bill we talked about last week. Yeah, hopefully that'll be a big. If what? they rule right on that, hopefully it will start tearing down these federal agencies. Well, it'll start taking away their look. If Congress wants to debate and pass a law on the efficiency of of dishwashers, they have the authority to do that. Yep, let them do it. They won't, because even if you're even if you're a huge Democrat, and you go back to your constituents, you say, "Wait a minute! Now I've got to spend an extra three hundred dollars for a dishwasher, and I've got to wash my dishes four times to get them clean." <laughs> right. Uh, I can't override my my uh, washer and dryer. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I've got stuff, especially with the kind of work that I do. I want the water all the way to the top, even though it's not full. The clothes need to soak, but it won't do it. The computer won't let it do it. The computer keeps shutting off the dryer before the time that I set, saying your clothes are dry enough. I'm like, no, they're not friggin' dry. (laughs) Like, I want to go back to 1977 and go buy one of those uh, old egg timer type washers and dryers that worked for years. Yep. Hey, we hung clothes out in the backyard when I was growing up. So this is another, I know my kids would laugh and say, you probably walked to school barefoot also, but- that is true. We used to put clothes outside on the hanger. Yeah, I, I remember my, my grandmother doing that. Uh, <laughs> she also she also didn't have uh, air conditioning in the house. She had a window unit. And that was in Orlando, oh, I, Florida. Bed and air done that also. But it, what they're doing is is they're they are getting us used to these regulations coming out, and most people don't even know when it happens because it doesn't. It, I say it doesn't affect them. It does not directly affect them. All they know is they go to Home Depot and I want to buy a dishwasher. Well, this one's $850. Well, last year I, I could have got one for $500. Right. Oh, well, this is the new model. They can't tie that back. Yep, they can't tie back. They can't tie that back to some Department of Energy ruling that they put in place. And that's the, so they never think, well, that was Department of Energy doing that. We need to get rid of that department. Well, I, you know, and that's something that, that, that I exp- explained to, to my customers. Not only with with just pure inflation, why you, why your air conditioning equipment costs more is beginning of this year it got more efficient. Mm-hmm. So all the all the the manufacturers had to retool to make this new EPA compliant equipment. Yep. Uh, so we we keep seeing we keep seeing this, but unless somebody's actually you know I'm 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 educating what twenty people a week that I talk to, uh, so. So that's not making a dent in it, but that the average person, all they know is it's costing me more and, and you know, either they want a bigger handout or, or whatever else. They, they don't understand why it's costing them more. So if this ever did hit Congress, what they would do is they would raise the standard 
and then give a subsidy if you make below X. And that's exactly what would occur. Because that's the only way, if, if you're a Democrat, you, you could get, get by with these things. All right, so true democracy <laughs> in the air. I love this story, right? So this was, uh, I mean, we all, it feels like we all see a story at least once or twice a week where there's some kind of brawl either at the airport or on a plane. But this was travelers on a Frontier Airlines flight, not Spirit for once, but Frontier. They're not much better. But they were coming to Atlanta. They took, uh, it looks like they took in a really passenger incident in their own hands Monday. So two passengers sort of had a confrontation. And then there was another passenger that sort of got into it also. And the stewardess on the airline uh, let the members of the plane vote if they would kick the person off. (laughs) And they all voted yes to kick the person off. So I love this. This is pure democracy in the air. We have voted to kick somebody off. Okay. So first of all, you you take a, take, you're flying Greyhound. I know I said that about spirit a good bit, but you're flying Greyhound. Yes, you are. But the first time I saw this video, it's a white guy standing up pointing over, and you can't see from the angle on this video, but it looks like he's pointing towards a black woman, saying, who wants her off this plane? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. And then when they finally went, went to get her, it was, it, was, it, was a, it was a white chick. I'm like, oh, thank God. <laughs> I know. Thank God. <laughs> you know, as, as much as I, I don't want to fly Frontier, if I, if I can avoid it, I, you know, I, I don't want to put them out of business. Yep. But... Uh, that 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 to me was is strange. Who wants to vote to take this person off? <laughs> you you either violate rules or you don't. Yes, I know. Especially FAA type rules. That's not uh, they're really not up for interpretation. I, I don't and think never, anyway. Yeah, and, and usually things like uh, most most FAs are super super nice. And again, I, I don't fly Frontier, but. If you've got your if you've got your uh, seat back and you're about to, about to take off, they'll come by and just tap your seat or tap you on the shoulder, and say, mm-hmm. "I need you to put your seat up until we until we, until we get off the ground," and stuff like that. And it's, I usually don't see full on confrontations on Delta. No, I don't either. Most everybody on Delta can behave though. It's when you get on these uh, these airlines where it costs you twenty nine ninety nine to fly from Atlanta to Chicago. That's and where it that, typically happens. That is an interesting debate that you and I see on, on the Delta Sky Miles uh, uh, Facebook page that, that we're part <laughs> yes, of. Yes, it is. Is well, why does it cost so much more to fly Delta? Go fly the other guys and come back. <laughs> exactly. And I don't know if you saw this. And I'm gonna. I think you may have sent this to me. The new hack that people are doing to get you know when so people are starting to recline their seats. And, and, and you know when the person in front of you reclines their seat back all the way to me, it's. I mean, they can do it, but it's sort of rude. But what people are doing now when that occurs is they're reaching up and they're taking their air vent at the top, turning it and pushing it where it blows the air directly on the person's head. Thank so that, you. <laughs> I love that. Well, I've got to try that, that at some point. That, that life hack was done as a joke. Yes, but it's working. Well, first of all, it wouldn't work on me because I'm always hot. <laughs> You'd be like, thank you. Thank yeah, you for that. Cool. I yeah, cool. I appreciate it. Um. So, do you recline your seat? I don't. I'm an, I'm not a seat recliner. I- so, when the story came out, it was a guy. It was a a woman who reclined her seat. Guy behind her said, "Hey, during meal service, would you mind sitting up?" So she did during meal service. When his tray was taken, she leaned back again. He spent the rest of the flight punching the back of her seat. No. 
It's it, it, there's video of him just sitting there punching the back of the seat. I think she's charging, uh, filing assault charges or something. I think this was on, on American or something. Jeez. So I'm, I made some impromptu phone calls and I called some some people who I know who are tall and and, and some who are short. And it's it's funny. Uh, called 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 a, a friend of mine, Ron Davis, who is like six five. And Ron lost a bunch of weight. He used to be a real big guy. But he's 6'5", and he says, never. I do not recline my seat, never. <laughs> and I'll talk to some people that, that's like, no, that, that's my seat. I paid for it. I, I, you know, that, that's- Do whatever I want. want. Recline, yeah, if, if they don't want you to recline, they would disable the recline on the seats yeah. or limit the recline on the seats. But you know, if somebody they, tilts their seat all the way back, it's tough to get the tray table out. It is, and, and that's that's where the being polite, like, would you mind sitting up and, and, and all that. It also depends on, for me- how long the flight is. It does. Yeah, if, like, if, like, hour and a half flight, I can just bear sitting straight up. You're flying four or five hours across the, you know, across the U S that is a different ball game. Yeah. And, and I, you know, that's, that's kind of the, the consensus too is, is, uh, well, one depends on the aircraft you're on. Like I, I've got a flight coming up shortly on a seven one seven, which, which is a, very outdated, small regional jet. Uh, doesn't even have doesn't have uh, seatback entertainment in it. They're, they're super, super regional, small, small airplanes. Mm-hmm. Uh, even in first class, you're still fairly close together, right? But it's the the flight that I'm on is going to be ninety minutes. What even I think it's going to be fifty minutes in, actually in the air. The rest of it's taxi time, and you have to sit up anyway. Yep. That's not but bad. but I have gotten onto plenty of airplanes just completely wrecked from the Sky Club and wait for the wait for the plane to clear the runway and lean the seat back and pass out. <laughs> and I know it's hard for you to believe that. No, I'm shocked. I really am. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but like like I've got a I've ten ten hour flight from JFK to Athens. You better believe I'm going to recline. Yeah, it's you an overnight can't flight. recline on that. Yeah. Um. I grew, I grew up, you know, you know, I both grew up in Delta families. I remember my father, as soon as we cleared the runway, would lean back. Of course, seats back then were several inches further apart, even in coach. Plus, my dad was smoking on those planes back in the day. Oh, was he? Yes. Still remember so he was, that. He was still at the, either in first class or in the tail section, huh? Yeah, first class. Smoke back in those days. Yes, you could. I, I, uh, I, I remember flying to Hawaii. We ended up being in the tail section. And the people from the rest of the plane will walk to the tail section and smoke next to kids sitting there. <laughs> Goodness. Because there, there, there was a bunch of us flying. There was four kids, two parents. I think other members of the family were going. Um, so the, the gate agents decided to put us all together in one row, which ended, <laughs> ended up putting us in the tail section, which we weren't, you know, my father was not all that happy about. But yeah, people were coming back and my father hated smoking, hated it. And, uh, and 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 told us to put our feet up on on, on the uh, on the armrest because we had our armrest laid down and put our and to, put your feet up so they can't sit there because they would sit on the armrest right next to a kid and smoke and smoke. Jeez. But no, I th- I think one of the things that absolutely ruined air travel is the TSA. Mm-hmm. There's a dehumanization process that goes <laughs> in with being electronically strip searched. Oh, there totally is. Uh, take off your shoes. Do this. Uh, take off your belt. I, and, and I think that's really where we start seeing people wear pajama pants on airplanes. If I got stripped down anyway. Taking off the shoes may be the dumbest thing ever, though, because we had one guy on an airplane that tried to, you know, have some type of shoe bomb. One guy 
And now everyone going through the normal line has to take their shoes off because of one person. They have technology that can see all the way in my rectum to yes. see if I have a bomb stuck up in there. Yeah, I, I but, think we but can I got to take my shoe and shoes and belt off. I know. But yeah, you know, the, <clears> the, the the dehumanization process that goes into doing that, I, I really think has contributed to it. So 18, 19, and 20-year-olds apparently have rights. Yeah, so this is a, a kid called John Corey Frazier. He was a plaintiff. He was 20 years old, tried to buy a handgun from an uh, FFL dealer in Virginia and was turned away. So he filed a lawsuit. And, uh, a federal judge says that 18 and 20-year-olds now can purchase firearms from FFL dealers. Now, this is a very new ruling. It is. So we don't know how this is going to to affect anything. Because a lot of times when these rulings come down, there'll be an immediate injunction to, until there's a uh, t- until there's an appeal. So <clears throat> this this ruling specifically applies to FFLs mm-hmm. uh, in Georgia. At least last time I checked, it's perfectly legal for a private citizen to sell to another private citizen a pistol as long as they're eighteen or older. It is as long yes, as long as we don't let Democrats get their way. It is right. So, so I, I can, you know, I assume your son's 18, he's graduating high school, but give, give it, give it, give it as smart as your kids are. He might be 16. <laughs> no, he's 18. Uh, there, there's nothing, absolutely no problem with, with, with selling him a pistol or for you going out and giving him a graduation pish, uh, uh, pistol, which yep. if, if you'd like to, I can hook you up with a, with a few people who could sell it to you. Um, <laughs> It, it, you know, this goes back to 1968. Uh, you know, this is all overreaction from just like we're talking about the the shoe bomber, one guy, one incident. Um, but but we find this with 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 a lot of things where the government just overreacts, and it it has taken since 1968. I was not born in 1968. That was nine years before I was born. Yeah, same here. Uh, that was a pres- presidential election year, but the press, the sitting president, Lyndon B. Johnson, did not run for re-election that year, so it was uh, Nixon runaway. But this is not this is not on Nixon. This was a a, a, a bill that Johnson would have would have signed. Yeah, it's amazing to me though that we can send eighteen year olds to war, but that same eighteen year old cannot buy a handgun. And Johnson sent hundreds dealer. of thousands, if not millions, of them to war. Yep, exactly. And, you know, other things, you can't smoke or drink until you're 21. I don't know what this 21 deal is, but it all goes back to the military to me. If we're going to send these young adults over to fight for the country, uh, I think they should be able to smoke, drink, and buy a handgun. Well, this is also going to affect the NFA, National Firearms Act. Yes. Uh, for, for, for those who don't know, that, that's, that's, that regulates machine guns, silencers, short barrel rifles, short barrel shotguns. So right now to get a, to get a tax stamp, I believe you have to be twenty one. So if this actually gets overturned and and holds up, that's they're going to have to approve silencers, short barrel rifles, and machine guns. Not that any eighteen year old I know could could afford a sixty thousand dollar machine gun. I guess there are a few. <laughs> um, are, are going to have to are going to have to allow that, and I have no problem with it. Yeah, you can't drink and smoke till you're twenty one. Um. The the drinking thing was was is actually state to state, but it was forced on the states by the federal government by saying we're going to take away your highway funds. 
The smoking at 21, I believe, was an executive order by Trump. That is correct. I remember that. Uh, so that really has no legal standing. That could be overturned. I mean, at, at, you're just not like we we're talking before. The problem is this: this kid purposely did that and got declined. This kid was is brilliant because yeah. once you hit 21, you no longer care. That's the, that's the problem. It was, all of us have this have this idea. Like, yes, you can fight for your country. You can vote. You, uh, you can you can get a job. You can sign a credit application. Why can't you have a drink? We all say that, and then we hit 21. Like, ah, it's not worth my energy. Right. So, why does Pike County hate dogs? <laughs> Look, I thought I'd bring this story up real quick because I live in Pike County. A couple of years ago, we had a foundation uh, from some wonderful people, but they gave Pike County $225,000, basically a grant to build an animal shelter. So uh, recently, there's been a lot of talk because, you know, it's fine to get a grant to build an animal shelter, but you still got to run that animal shelter after it's built, which I don't know how much it costs, Dave, but it's probably two, $300,000 a year, uh, maybe even higher to continue uh, running that animal shelter as you go on. And this is truly, I put this in quotes, but this is a pet project. There's a group of people in Pike County that have banded together. It's a small group and they want Pike County to build this animal shelter, you know, animals and dogs. And look, I love my puppy at home. She's great. Uh, But there's a group that thinks taxpayers, that they should force taxpayers to contribute to their pet projects. So recently the the county commissioners voted 3-2 to actually give the $225,000 back to the foundation that they got it from. Uh, I thought this was very interesting. It stirred up a lot of emotions in the little county I live in. But I tried, you know, I commented on Facebook about it and said, look, if private citizens want to build an animal shelter, go out there and solicit donations. Uh, volunteer to work the animal shelter. But do not force taxpayers to fund your, quote, pet project. Because guess what? We've got a lot of dirt roads. We've got our schools in dire shape. Uh, everybody's got a pet project. I'm sure if you interviewed them, they'd like the government to spend money on. But in this case, stop trying to force through taxation, me supporting your pet project to build a animal shelter. Yeah, look, and, and I, I, I've loved all the pets, the pets that I've had. And, yes, and I know that. But it's the county animal shelter was never supposed to help animals. It was to serve the county. Yep. And it was it was to get animals off the street that would be otherwise problematic, <clears throat> whether it's uh, an animal with mange or fleas or ticks, whatever that's going to spread it, spread it out to everybody everybody else's animals. That was how to get get it off the street. It was not to create some rehabilitation thing. I know that sounds right. cruel, but that's that's that was the intent was for public health and public safety. Uh, to have a dog catcher who can get mad dogs, especially when they started things started coming up, having dog catchers was to get a mad dog off the street. Very true. This is a good time to remind you that these are our opinions, not those of anyone, not on the show or any respective company for which we may work, own, or otherwise associate ourselves with on a regular or irregular basis. Also, you can find other episodes and relevant stories over the georgiavirtue.com. Can you have an anti-mule this week? <laughs> yeah, this is actually the hero of the week, and it probably goes to a couple people. I don't know if people heard, but there's a two ladies in Atlanta. They're called the Boot Girls. Uh, this went viral on TikTok last week. But they are going around removing boots. This is when your car is parked and a company comes and puts a boot on your car and they charge you to take the boot off. 
These girls have actually bought the tools to take the boots off of your car tires and are going around Atlanta dressed up in costume. They've got their faces covered and they're doing it. They're uh, removing these boots for a lot less than the uh, boot companies are. This is pretty funny that they've developed this whole TikTok following and this has sort of gone viral in Atlanta. And, and, and state officials are even looking at this issue now. And should local governments be able to boot your car and prevent you from you know, traveling once you're ready to get back in and leave? Yeah, it is. That's a, uh, that is super interesting that, that, that they're doing that. Uh, there were some girls, I think in Australia that went around in bikinis that would feed coins into the, uh, into the, into the, uh, I saw that. Things. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's not a new thing, but yeah, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. I love it. It's and, great. And I think the article, if I recall, I can't remember if we've talked about this before, because I recall reading the article that it's, uh, if you're poor, they'll work with you. If, you know, if, mm-hmm. if you can only afford 25 bucks, fine. Yep. So Georgia Democrats call for a special session to address gun violence. This is your buddy. Yeah, I mean, this is dead on arrival, right? But this is one of the state senators that was behind this was Josh McLaurin. And, and Josh and I are, on fr- are, are friends. We serve together in the House. But they want Governor Kemp to call a special session to address gun violence. And I asked Josh what he wanted and what the purpose of this was. He said they want universal background checks in Georgia. They want to pass a safe storage law. And they want to pass red flag legislation. So that's what the Georgia Democrats have called on Governor Kemp to do. Senator McLaurin could kiss my entire ass. <laughs> Not just part of it. Not just part of it, thing. including the crack. Get in there, Josh. Yeah, look, universal background. I, I, Dave, we've got background checks. If you go by FFL, we can private party sell guns, which I'm all for. This safe storage is a crock of, uh, Eric would have to bleep the word I'm trying to say, but you know, there's safe storage laws. If you don't know what they mean by that, it means you have to store your guns in a safe, locked, unloaded, and separate from all your ammunition. What good is a gun at that point? Look, McLaurin's either a scumbag or he's dumb. And you said he's not dumb. Yeah, he's not he dumb. Knows this, he knows this is not going to pass. He knows this is a stunt. He knows this is wrong. He knows all this. And he's trying to, he's trying to raise his, his political stature by going out there and, and doing this which makes him a scumbag politician. And you can Man, give him my personal phone to. number if, if he has <laughs> questions about it. No, I'll that's be happy what I'm to, trying to do. I mean, yeah, I'll be happy to meet him face-to-face and, and do and do a debate with him because I guarantee you he can't beat me on this because I have facts No, I he mean, has emotion. But, but you're right. That's what Twitter, I, that's what these guys are trying to do. I mean, Stacey Abrams has moved on to D.C. to lead a DEI program up there and Georgia Democrats are trying to figure out who the new leaders are in the party. And, I think a lot of this is just pure posturing from it is. Uh, it's just, state senator and other other representatives. And I know you're not going to say that. Look, it's just a scumbag thing to do. You you, <laughs> you 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 call for this. You know you you know you don't have the 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 balls to actually do it. You can't. You you just, you're not swinging a big enough pecker around Georgia as a Democrat to to call for a special session. And if you really wanted to introduce this, you had 40 legislative days to do it. You can pre-drop for the session coming up. But no, you're trying to make news by saying, I want to have a special session because it's such an emergency that people are dying. Yep. And I want to ask him just how, how he plans to enforce this safe storage. So It's a, it's a retroactive enforcement. Yep. So, so it's if, after the fact, if something occurred. If someone breaks into your house and steals your gun and say, well, where was your gun? Well, it was on my nightstand. Well, why was it on your nightstand? 
well, that's where it is if someone breaks in. Yeah. Well, it, it, it wasn't. It, it wasn't. It wasn't stored properly. Or if a, if if your kid actually shoots himself, which look, if if your kid is accidentally killing themselves with your gun, there's nothing the law can do to you that the life hasn't done already. Right. I mean, going to prison would be the best thing for you. Um. But the the, the eliminating private sales, uh, universal background checks, uh, the red flag laws, I have a huge problem with. That that allows the government to decide. You're nuts. You can't have can't have your guns anymore. Come into your house. Take your guns away from you. Mm-hmm. Not take you away to a rubber room, but take your guns away from you. Yeah, take your guns away. Uh, but but this, I think there's an important point to mention here. Is this does show what would happen to Georgia if Democrats ever took charge? So if you ever had a Stacey Abrams as governor, if they ever took charge of the House and Senate, this is the silliness that would go on at the Georgia Capitol. Yeah, and that's and I see. I don't. I don't think so though. I don't think so because because this think won't it's fly. all talk. Yeah, you think this it's is, all talk. <clears throat> this is all talk. Yeah, the no when I, when when, uh, when the Democrats took over, I said you want to see Mitch McConnell become Rand Paul. Watch the Democrats <laughs> take over. And as soon as the Republicans are back in charge, all all of a sudden all that hard charging, cut taxes, and, and all that stuff goes away. Yes, it's gone. So just like Republicans don't actually cut taxes when they're in charge, Democrats don't actually pass gun laws when they're in charge. Yep, and they had two years to do it when Biden was in office. So his first two years, he had a, a Democrat Senate and Democrat yeah, but House. it never, it never would have gotten sixty votes in the Senate to, to get out, get out of debate. It never would, never, never would. I mean, the the House could have passed whatever they want because they could they could pass with a mere majority. But the Senate, you have to get past the filibuster. They were still never serious legislation, even no, debated. Of course I don't think. not. So I mean, yeah. So it was just a show. Just a minute. I mean, yeah. It's, it's it's it is a show. If if McLaurin was actually in charge, he would shrink up. What do they say? Like a raisin in the sun. Yeah, because it'd be a fifty thousand people that uh, went to the Capitol and protested. So yeah, so, they yeah. wouldn't do it. They wouldn't do anything if they were in charge. Sit down, shut up, get back in your box. <laughs> All right. So Trump does a town hall, which I called a debate because it really was a debate. It was uh, debate with the moderator. <laughs> yeah. Yes, it was a total debate. And, and she was outmatched, buddy. Yeah, she was totally outmatched. And it is so funny because liberals are absolutely going crazy over this. I think it tends to favor liberals because the more Trump's in the spotlight, the more likely he is to win the Republican nomination. But it, this has been very comical this week. It was also their top-rated hour in CNN. Oh, and God knows years, how long. probably. Yeah, I know. They, they, CNN needed this. And it was funny because the first question this girl asked was something about the 2020 election again. And then after the town hall, they did a little survey with some of the you know people there. And they said, why is Trump, you know, why, if you, you know, you're still supporting Trump, but all he does is talk about 2020. And the people in the audience said, well, guess what? Your first question was about the 2020 election. Uh, so that just totally backfired on CNN. But you're right. All they're trying to do is relive the 2020 election again and continue having Trump talk about that. And what was one of the funny things is Trump said he would actually pardon all the people convicted in the January 6th, uh, whatever we want to call that, at the Capitol. And that just made their heads explode. I mean, just light total tr- ex- Light trespassing is what it was. Yep, so uh, total heads popping everywhere. I like when they said, well, why didn't you tweet for, for peaceful protests? And he goes, excuse me while I whip this out. He pulls <laughs> he the, the paper tweet out. Yes. out from his pocket 
and starts reading them and the dates and the times. Yep. Uh, pointed out that he can go on camera unscripted and the current occupant of the White House cannot. I yep. mean, he 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 did he had some haymakers that landed. He did, and I mean, look, this even I mean, it's a total blow to the other Republican candidates running for office it, against him. It, it, I, 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 no chance. I, I mean, Trump's the nominee again. I mean, they just have no chance. They can't get any oxygen in the room. Well, and when uh, when asked about Ukraine, besides saying it should have never, uh, it would have happened under him, which which I believe. Uh, the other thing was he didn't espouse a favorite either way. What he said is he wanted this killing to stop for the people of both countries. Right. And that was the most presidential thing I think I've ever heard him say. Yeah, that's a great answer. Yep. Uh, and hopefully he's learned something from the the debates, quote unquote debates of of two crazy old men from the Northeast yelling at each other. And understand <laughs> that if you act presidential, you'll be treated presidentially. Exactly. Uh, called the phone call to Brad Raffensperger's office a perfect call <laughs> and said he did not ask for 10,000 votes. It was 9,999 he needed. <laughs> yeah, he said that was a perfect call. Oh, uh, funny. oh man. I, we, we said before the show, he's, he's prone to hyperbole. Yep. Uh, he was found, uh, found, okay, found culpable of sexual abuse. He says guilty here. He's found culpable of sexual abuse. It was a yeah, civil, same week. civil trial. Civil trial. But same he was, week, he, found, he does a town hall. Yeah, he's yeah, found. Yeah, found not guilty of rape. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says he didn't know who the hell she was. Hell, when he saw a picture of her, he thought, I guess in a blurry picture, he thought it was Marla Maples, his his wife at the time. Yes, and they didn't even tell what year it was in. I mean, like the lady had no clue what year. She said, well, it was sometime in the late 90s. So this is, what's, this is what's so terrible about this. The jury convicts him of this or finds him guilty or culpable. With in, in like two hours, they debate. I mean, they went back in the jury room for a couple hours. They didn't know what year this occurred in. I mean, this is just, and it just leads into, you know, the court system continuing to prosecute well, Trump and, on stuff. And the and the New York definition of sexual abuse is very wide, right? So that goes from from anywhere from. Mistake, mistakenly or accidentally brushing up against somebody's somebody's hind end to go and straight for the twins, mm-hmm. uh, or as I see so uh, uh, so fondly quoted of uh, gra- grabbing her by the by, by the private parts. <laughs> Speaking of, when talking about this woman who who sued him, he goes, "I don't know her. I don't <laughs> know who she is. I don't remember her, but I do know the name of her cat from her. I guess from her Twitter." <laughs> okay. Did you hear this? No, I haven't heard this story. I'll pronounce it like Trump did. The cat's name is Vagina. <laughs> like China. I'm like, I, I, from now on, that's how I'm pronouncing it. Oh, goodness. I, I'm thinking about going to medical school to be an OBGYN just so, I, just so I can say it like that. I don't know why we just don't go ahead and vote in 2024 and get it over with. Because it's Trump against Biden again, unless the Democrats kick Biden off the ticket. Which could happen before next year. <laughs> they... They would have to. You ever see Dave? No, I haven't seen that. All right, it's a Kevin Klein movie, but it's, he's a doppelganger for the president. The president has a stroke, so they have him filling for the president and, and all this stuff. And at the end, he fakes a stroke so that they can put the, the, the other the, the real president back back in charge. They would have to fake some sort of 
serious medical condition that was unforeseen because they're all behind him. Yep, it was unforeseen and, ha- and have him withdraw. And the only way that's going to happen is if he actually does have a stroke. Well, they keep wheeling Diane Feinstein back out and, and the potato from uh, uh, Pennsylvania. But it would it, you'd have to get Jill Biden to, to buy in on that one because I don't think they're I don't think they can get away with abandoning him. They don't have anybody else on the bench, like you said. Yeah, there's no bench. Uh, the Republicans came out. The your note says the establishment. I, I don't even know what the establishment is anymore. I don't know. Uh, came out hard against him. I just. Yeah, this is Chris Christie. This is uh, Chris Christie you know, is that crew. Chris Christie's Mitt not a Romney. he's not a Republican. No, he's not. But it, you know, it's the typical Mitt Romney, Chris Christie. The people that don't out. matter nationally. Yeah, they care less. Nobody cares about them. Yeah, if, if Chris Christie had any had any swing, uh, he he would still be in office. Mitt's on his way out. There's just there, there's just no way he's done. Uh, uh, I don't know if they're going to excommunicate him like they did Liz Cheney out in Wyoming, but but it's it's a uh, it's a strange new world we're in. It, look, and and, and I don't think either one of us consider uh, ourselves Trumpers. No, I mean, so, you know, I'll, I'll vote for Trump if it comes up again, but I would, and, and I would I did. rather have someone else on the ticket against Biden because I truly think any other Republican, even John Doe beats Joe Biden next year. I think the only person that can lose is Donald Trump. That's possible. And because Trump's his own worst enemy on that stuff. I know. Exactly. I, I'm not a big fan of it because I, 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 w- I want eight years. I don't want four. We've already seen that four years can be re- reversed in five minutes. Yes. And that's exactly what, what Biden did. First five minutes, get in there and reverse every, just about everything that Trump did. Boom. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have a Congress that's willing to work with you, and all you're doing is executive orders. They're only good for that four years. Yeah. All right, Ken, what's your closing thought? Yeah, so one of my young friends that was very politically active in Thomaston, Georgia, his name's Colt McRae. He passed the bar this week. So he graduated from Mercer Law sometime last year, in the fall of last year, and he passed his bar. So this is going to be a great new addition to the uh, law field in Georgia. Colton's a great kid, and I'm sure he's – I'm guessing he's going to be a district attorney or judge someday, and I think he would do an amazing job. So congrats to Colton. Tell him don't work for the state. <laughs> work in defense. Be a hero. I think that's where he's starting out, but I think that's where he's starting out, but I think he's got more it's not, it's not a bad place. plans. It's not a bad place to cut your teeth Yep. and learn and learn procedure and learn and, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Your hand Vandersloot is on his way to Alabama. Uh, he's being loaned through temporary extradition from Peru, where he is serving 28 years for killing a woman, a uh, 20, 21 year old woman. Uh, this is this is the guy who suspected in killing Natalie Hot Holloway. Uh, he uh, Natalie's mother says she's he's finally uh, facing uh, justice for what he did to Natalie, which he is not. He's being charged with wire fraud and extortion for a scheme to extort her for cash. To uh, uh, to tell her where Natalie's body is, which is I mean scumbag thing to do. So she sent the down payment of twenty five hundred dollars, and what she did by doing that is solidify the fact that he committed committed very cheaply. I say very cheaply. If it was my kid missing, yeah, twenty five hundred dollars would be a drop in the bucket, but relatively inexpensively. 
And now he's 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 facing U.S. federal charges because we have we have authority to prosecute anybody who uh, uses U.S. dollars that way. So he so he's on his way to Alabama to face federal charges. I don't know if he's convicted whether he stays here, serves his federal pr- prison sentence here, and then goes back to Peru or vice versa. Doesn't matter. What it does make sure is even when he's done with his 28 years, he's not done. He'll be a Forget, little old man yeah, never and he never out. gets out of prison. So on that happy news, I want to thank everyone for listening. If you, if you like what you heard, like and share us on Facebook and on Twitters. And be sure to inflict us on your friends if you don't like them. <laughs> for Eric Cumbie, our editor. For Ken Pullen, my partner's in the endeavor. I'm Dave Roberts. Have a great week. Catch me howling at the moon